Is your tax person overworked and underpaid? This is Retirement Revealed, where Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you towards making smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into retirement income. Today, we're talking with Randy Crabtree with a behind-the-scenes look at the accounting industry and how you can get the most out of your relationship with your tax preparer. Randy, welcome to the show. Jeremy, thank you. A pleasure to be here. You you got it. And of course, uh, I asked that first, is your tax person overworked and underpaid? Uh, I'm just going to ask you, uh, what do you think? Just uh, We'll just paint the entire picture of tax preparers. How, how does it look out there? It is very common that they're overworked and underpaid in general. It's just a, it's somewhat of a self-induced problem with our profession. People give away their services way too often and and undervalue uh, what they're given to the uh, taxpayer. And, and so they have this mindset in our profession of help, help, help. We want to help everybody. And, and we often forget to help ourselves. So yeah, you're right on, you're right on, on the uh, point there that probably uh, underpaid and overworked. And why we're talking about this right now is it's the end of the year. You're thinking of, I've got to get my taxes done kind of next year. That's a next year problem. But oftentimes I hear about it of I'm hearing my tax person doesn't call me back. They're missing things and stuff along those lines. But I had two kind of stories that popped up to me recently why I wanted to bring you on, just get this sure. uh, behind the scenes look. Uh, one of them, someone I work out with is an accountant and I'm going to get the numbers wrong. If he's listening, I'm sorry, I'm going to get the numbers wrong, but maybe that's helping me anonymize it anyways. <laughs> uh, but he was telling me basically I can handle about 600 tax returns per year, which that sounds like a huge amount of tax returns uh, to is. begin with. And then he says, right now I'm at about 850. So he can handle about 600, but just the way it works is that he's at about uh, 850. And I, I think the reason why is, uh, like you said, he's he's a helper type of person, which is wonderful. Uh, but if you're a helper type of person where you're just overworked and underpaid, that's not helping anybody, especially maybe uh, himself, uh, which is interesting. Another story that came to mind is uh, we had it where a client of ours turned out that he was getting his statements, his tax returns uh, electronically, like his tax forms from the, the brokerage accounts electronically, uh, where he wasn't before. And his tax person uh, didn't notice it. He didn't notice it. I didn't notice it because I'm not preparing his his tax returns. Uh, and so he ended up, I talked to the, the tax person and the guy basically said to me, well, I don't get paid enough to actually kind of notice that stuff, which sounds horrible, but it's kind of honest, like refreshingly honest. So could, I guess in a way for him. So that's why I wanted to, that's that's our intro to why we're bringing Randy on here. Get the behind the scenes look of how do we make this relationship with your tax repair a better one? What should you expect out of it? And maybe if you're an accountant listening, uh, what's Randy's advice to uh, to make life better and 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 help out clients even even more? So yeah. before we get to all that, uh, just tell us about yourself, how you got to to where you are. Sure. Uh, so I was born in 1960. Oh, wait, not that far back. Um, <laughs> I uh, so so I am a CPA. Makes sense, I guess, since we're talking about this. I was your traditional uh, firm owner for quite a while, but in 06, I, I basically sold my firm and I started a specialty tax firm, and which is called Trimerit, and I deal with with 
tax preparers, CPAs around the country because we we support them with different types of tax credits and incentives. And and so that's 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 what I'm doing today. We've uh, we built a, a nice firm. We we were for the second straight year listed on Inc. Magazine's 5,000 fastest growing privately go. held companies in the U.S. Uh, um, and, uh, and and yeah, it's, it's been a fun run. We 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 uh, save people lots of money with what we do. So that that's so I'm still in the tax business. I'm just not your traditional taxpayer uh, preparer like I used to be. Well, and. Uh- what you did is you went from a general tax repair to a, a specialty tax repair. You're you're kind of doing tax things for other tax repairs in yes. a way. Like they're reaching out to you, um, which is interesting. For some reason, I think a lot of times with financial advisors or uh, tax people, right? Uh, we'll just go with that term for right now. A consumer, you might be thinking, I just find the person down the street. Um, but when it comes to a doctor, right? You always want the best doctor in the one specific area. So it, I don't know, what's your thoughts on why people are thinking this way where they don't realize the specialty need of either yep. an accountant or a, a financial advisor? Yeah. And I think partly we, I think partly it's our problem. I think partly we've always been, you know, someone goes out and starts a firm. I started an accounting firm. You know, what's the goal I have in mind? I want clients. And I don't really have a game plan that I want, you know, I want small businesses, less than $5 million that are family owned, that are in the service industry. We don't think that way. We don't think niche, like you said earlier. We think, let's get clients, let's get clients, let's get clients. And then if I start to feel financially you know, comfortable, then maybe we can start to branch out into a niche. So I think that's part of the problem. I don't think we market ourselves correctly because there's so, you know, people, you even said it, you think tax, you just think tax. There is so much of variety within tax. I can be a, you know, international tax expert. I could be a state and local tax expert. I can be a tax credit incentive. I can be small business. I can be individual. I can be partnership S corp. I can be a specialist in, in, in restaurant industry in dealing with people that are in retirement or nearing retirement. I can have all these different niches. And, and so I think that's extremely important. But as from the consumer standpoint, you know, the user, the taxpayer, I think that's one thing that you really should look for. Somebody that is specializing in whatever your situation is. And for a lot of your listeners, it's going to be people that have, you know, are preparing, have prepared, are in retirement or almost in retirement. And and there's unique aspects to those tax returns. So So that's what I would suggest if you're looking for somebody to help you, um, make sure there's somebody that understands your situation. Yeah. And there's a difference between you can do it right. And really, are you an expert in that? You know, for example, um, in the, just kind of in the news lately, the student loan, um, I don't want to say debacle, but I just did, but the (laughs) the whole student loan situation is out there. And I get questions sometimes I'll, most of my clients are basically 62 years old, uh, getting ready for retirement, but they've got their kids to think of. They might even still have some student loans right. themselves from when they helped out their kids earlier. And when they're asking me uh, student loan questions, which happens every so often, I just send them directly to a friend of mine uh, because he only works with student loan planning. I just actually sent an email to my email list, 3,300 people I sent an email to saying, if you have student loan questions, because we are getting more of them with all the news, I said, just call Eric because- Yep. Uh, here he is directly. I get no, you know, no, there's no, there's no affiliate referral thing. I just want them to get the, the right stuff. 
out there because every bit of information about student loans that goes into my brain is is taking up space that could have been used on lowering retiree taxes or Social Security or Medicare yep. or something like that. No, nope, I agree. At the agree same time, most uh, most people I talk to are you get some 1099s, you get your Social Security, uh, you know, statements every year. It's not terribly too difficult, right? But you want to get it right. So how how should you go about looking for a tax person? What should you, should you be looking for in a, in a tax person uh, in that situation? So one, just somebody that knows you know what the position you're in. But two, I look for somebody that I would highly recommend looking for somebody that is not a reporter. You know, they're not going to just talk to you in January, February, March and report what happened last year because they can affect nothing at that point. All they can do is show what happened, report it. And and that's what they are. They're just a reporter of, of what occurred. All right. So, so look at somebody that's going to meet you on an ongoing basis, at least once a year, where they're going to be able to affect that tax return. They're going to do some tax planning that's going to reduce the, bur- the tax burden you have. And there's things you can do, even just figuring out when you're going to take money out of a 401k or, or timing issues with money. And so, so look for somebody that wants to build that relationship with you that is personally involved in in you. And and like I said, it's not going to be the cheapest person out there, but they're going to be able to show you the value of what they're bringing to you and 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 being rather than being transactional okay here's your tax return pay me 500 bucks it's going to be here's what we did for you this year and 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 they're going to know your family situation and they're going to know what's going on and they're going to be actively involved in making sure that you're in the best situation possible so so that's what i i mean it depends on people's situation. If you're just comfortable with somebody reporting what happened and you don't think you need planning, I, I, one, I personally think you're wrong, but if that's what you want, go ahead and do it. But if you really want to get a value out of uh, a tax uh, professional, I would look for somebody that, that is more actively involved in, in what's going on. Yeah, it's interesting too. A, a lot of people I work with are engineers, even accountants themselves. They're smart people. And so they think I can do this myself. And so I do actually run into a situation too, where a a lot of people want to do the taxes on their own. And I encourage you not to do that, right? At least maybe once, right? If you switch over to your retired or something changed in your life, maybe just skip a year, like invest the couple hundred bucks, whatever it might be, uh, to at least have a professional do it the, the one time. I've seen it so many times where, you're doing your social security calculation wrong and you're paying extra taxes. You're uh, doing your capital gains wrong and you're paying extra taxes on there. These are both examples of clients that used to do on their own that I, that I had yep. finally convinced when I saw the, you know, the missteps and, and they're smart people. How can you, know, but there's thousands of lines. There's so many things to, to look at on there. And it's interesting how you said when you're looking for it, uh, it's not necessarily going to be the the cheapest person. I'm, I'm looking at a, uh, uh, a website for a, a friend of mine that runs some accounting, and he uh, puts right on the website that his average tax fee last year was $155. That's the reporting style of it, where you bring in your stuff and you, um, his team actually files the just returns, just takes the info in and and files it. And he he does that because that's what most people are wanting. When you're walking in, you're thinking usually, how do I get out of here as fast as I can? How do I pay the least amount of money? Uh, to the tax person that I can. And he highly encourages you, well, I'll do this, 
but you're probably better off if I do do my other service, which is more like five or six hundred dollars, where he reviews things quarterly and it meets with you ahead of time and takes a lot more time to to do it. And he's just surprised of how many people he's just they're walking in and he's like, Will you please just take the time to actually go and, and do the things that are um better for you? And that's that's probably more of a accurate description of of closer to five, six hundred bucks to to yep. get it done right, as opposed to 150, 100, 200, where it gets done. Uh, but at least uh, you go out and have a professional look at it. And, and like he mentions um, to me that he's open year round. A lot of uh, tax preparers are more part-time, not necessarily uh, open year round. I think a, a full-time open year round is at the, the minimum of where to start looking at. Yeah. Oh no, for sure. Somebody that, and, and, and your, your buddy sounds like, you know, he, he has the idea, right. Let's do this advisory. The buzzword in the profession is advisory mm-hmm. uh, right now. We're going to do the advisory services where we, you know, affect the tax return. 150 for a tax return is really, really cheap. Um, yeah. Yep. It's um, very cheap. I keep telling him he charges too little, yes. um, but I think he just uh, likes the idea that there's maybe two services and uh, able to make uh, a living off of off so, of those. Uh, so we need to talk to your buddy about the psychology of pricing because there's other ways where he can actually increase that 150 while still giving people options and uh, yeah, and uh, give them more more uh, capability of of getting it um, done even better. Yep. All right. We'll we'll send over a, a coaching <laughs> agreement uh, for you there. Which is interesting why we're talking almost like inside baseball about the accounting profession. I'm also a member of the WICPA, so the Wisconsin Institute of CPAs, and I read their magazines. I'm at their their meetings. And the big thing right now is just what the industry is going through, which is basically there's no new accountants coming in. Everyone's retiring and no one is coming as an accountant. So this this idea of your tax repair is overworked and underpaid, which means you're not getting the calls back and you're maybe not getting the full service of what what life should look like when you're doing your your taxes is is probably going to get worse. So just t- tell me more. What's going on in the uh, accounting profession, and how does that affect uh, affect us regular folks? Yeah, it's a. Uh... It's definitely so. It's the accounting profession, but in reality, this is going to be in every position, every profession issue going forward. We actually are. Are uh, I was in a conference last week, and our. Uh, population is in, in the country is going to be and is going down. So we don't even have enough people coming in to replace the people that are retiring. Just from a birth standpoint, mm-hmm. I think uh, they said the statistics were 1.7 uh, per a couple. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if you're not replacing those, that couple that, that that's going down, but for us, it's, it's been quicker in the profession. And there's a couple reasons for that. Um, and, and then I'll tell you how this is going to affect us. But the, the reasons are uh, the accounting profession is a great profession, but the perception is, you know, you burn and churn through people because you're working 80 hours a week and tax season, you never leave the office and you don't have time to talk to anybody. And, 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 and unfortunately, that's somewhat reality at some firm levels, um, but it's also Fortunately, a misconception at other levels. And so, so because of that, though, enrollment in, in the counting schools and in the, in, in, in the counting majors has gone down significantly. In fact, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal today 
specifically today talking about this and how far down uh, enrollment has been. And so what that's going to do for us as consumers, let's say, of, of tax services is just going to get harder and harder for to find somebody to help us. And that's why I think the ones that are going to, from an accounting standpoint, now we got the tax payer standpoint, but from the accountant standpoint, the ones that are going to be successful, the ones that are going to be sought after are those ones that I was talking about that are actually, you know, more in the relationship model of of running the business rather than a transactional model of, of running the business. So I, I that would be, I guess, another reason to try to build that relationship with your tax preparer now, because Unfortunately, it is. We are somewhat crisis mode already, and it's just going to get worse. In fact, I hosted a conference a month ago where a big theme at the conference was how do we be better? How do we figure out ways to attract more people into the profession? How do we show people that this really is not the, you know, uh, the you know, for lack of a better term, the nerd with the power protector sitting over their desk nonstop. That's not what we are. It's a very fun profession. And so my whole goal was just, just to try to show that, yes, this is the perception is not reality. And and uh, we're going to continue to do that uh, conference on an annual basis. And it was uh, it went over extremely well. So I know there's a lot of smart people trying to change things in the profession, uh, trying to do all these things we talked about. And I'm very I'm very, I am, I won't say very, I am optimistic that we are going to um, get over this hump of the lack of people coming into the profession. Because 15 years ago, enrollments were way up. I mean, Hmm. now the last three years, they're way down. So hopefully it's just a cyclical thing. We'll see. Yeah. And well, if it's, uh, if it's not a cyclical thing, it's just going to keep getting worse in terms of the, the, the workload on your tax Yes. preparer. And of course you want to have it done correctly. You want to have it done on time, but I got a strong feeling that from the tax repair side, you might be thinking, why do these taxpayers, why do our clients, why do they not do these things? Why do they uh, make my life hard? So uh, let's just make everyone's yes. life easier. C- coming from the tax preparer side, what do you want that, that taxpayer client to know? What can we do to make tax season uh, <laughs> better for the tax preparer? So it just makes the the whole experience better for, you know, for the, the whole tax return season. Yeah, it's it's don't be afraid of of technology be involved in in the whole process because this the the well-run tax preparers are already integrating technology from a standpoint of data collection, you know, data distribution. You can actually uh start to integrate your financial uh service financial investment statements straight into tax software. Their W2s can come straight into software. They're going to a good preparer should ask you uh to be able to get information to them that way. So so once you once you start working with them be organized, have your data. You know, the worst thing for a tax preparer is to have to follow up three times during tax season mm-hmm. to ask for more data because there is no time to do that. And so um, if the follow-up, more and more tax preparers are having that follow-up be automated, that's helping them save time. Do not call your tax advisor, your tax preparer during tax season, it's just not the time. They don't have time to answer that. Uh, you know, send an email, they'll follow up later, get the automated. But the biggest thing is just understand 
that they are overworked, like we said at the beginning, hopefully not underpaid. Understand fees are going to be going up and they have been going up uh, and they'll continue to go up. Um, and, and, and do as much as you can to minimize the contact. Uh, if they need to contact you, they will. If, if not, that's that I would say just wait and know they're not going to and know that they will file your return. The worst call is someone calls, did you file my return yet? You'll know when your return's filed. <laughs> they don't have time for that call. So uh, not to sound like I'm complaining, but I hear from right. the preparers all the time, the things that bother them. And those are a few of them. That's interesting. That's funny. I did interesting. I have a couple other ones to add, add in there. One of them is uh, don't be afraid of extensions. It no, seems like uh, your average tax payer says, I got to get this done by April 15th. Well, now it seems like there's always a couple extra days now beyond yeah, right, April right. 15th. I think you're just better off automatically file an extension and then let your tax preparer do this in June or July. Yeah, yep. I think you're I think they're better off. I think you're better off. Just don't be afraid of filing extensions. You feel like there's a penalty for filing extensions. You get a, a free six months to look at it. Of course, your taxes were due on April yes, 15th. Exactly. Uh, but uh most of the time you're you're getting a refund. I think it's worthwhile to let the refund sit there for a month or two so that you and your tax preparer can have uh just uh just take a breath while you're doing your your taxes. I agree. I agree yeah. completely. I am not. A, there's a lot of tax preparers, though, that that are the issue with that, too, because they don't want to work after April 15th. But then they're also the ones that are burnt out, you know, yeah. on April 1st because they've just been so many hours on. I am a, a proponent of extend, extend everybody. And your tax preparer should set deadlines, too. Hey, if you don't have everything to them by February 15th. Uh, 15th, you're going on extension, even though it's two months ahead of time, you're going on. That's all it is. Or, you know, maybe that's a little early, but March 1st, yeah. let's say you're going there on you extension know. and they'll still look at it and make sure you're overpaid. Cause if you are underpaid, you just said yep. it, you still need to pay that by April 15th mm -hmm. and they'll put an estimate in. But as long as you are overpaid on April 15th, you can file it all the way until October 15th. Yep. I think the other one is uh, ask for a draft return ahead of time. It seems like the tax payer, right? Yeah, you put your, you give your info to the tax person too late. The tax person gets it done too late. And all you care about is let me just uh, sign here, get out of the office as soon as I can. No, there's uh, things that are likely wrong because you both uh, took a little too, you know, too, took too little amount of time on it. And there's things you can probably do. Even by April 15th, right? By the yep. time your taxes are done, there's traditional. IRA contributions, there are HSA contributions, there are 529 contributions. Uh, there are things you can look at and, and do and kind of looking at the return before you click the button uh, to submit it is is really helpful just to take that, take a day just to, to look at it and yep. compare it to a prior year. So I think those those two bits of inf uh, info, don't be afraid to file an extension, yep. almost make it your default uh, sometimes. Uh, and then take a look at your taxes before you file it. Uh, it's not, let me go pick up my taxes. It's let me go review my taxes. That's the way it ought to be before you hit the, you know, right. hit the submit button. Yep. And, and I would, I would, uh, what you just said, I would rather than pick up your taxes, it's going to be electronic. It should be electronic yes. because, yep. right. because you showing up to pick up that tax return is just another time. And I'm just saying what I hear 
Yeah. But they love seeing you. They love the relationship. They don't like seeing you on April 12th or whatever. And so you going to pick up a tax return is just a time that they don't have. And so, uh, you know, do everything that you possibly can electronically because seconds mean a lot to a tax preparer during tax season. Good. Well, uh, you've given us some great advice, some uh, insider baseball behind the scenes, look at the accounting profession, which I hope is just helping you to learn more about how to get a better experience when you're, when you're filing your taxes. And here we are into the year. Uh, you've got a month or two to kind of get ready, ready for this uh, system again and, and have a better, better experience for it. I've got yep. one more question for you, Randy, but before yep. that, tell us what's the best way to reach out to you. So uh, I, I'm on LinkedIn, Randy Crabtree on LinkedIn. You can see me there or our website, which is uh, tri-merit.com. So one of the two places you can find me. That's great. And of course, if you'd like more ideas on how to avoid big retirement mistakes, uh, go ahead right now, click that subscribe button or comment below your questions or topics, things that you're, you're looking for to get out of the Retirement Revealed podcast. All right, uh, Randy, final question. Tell us something about yourself that few people know about. And remember, this podcast is rated clean. <laughs> I uh, Well, maybe a lot of people know this, but it's a unique, uh, uh, I think, uh, thing. There's two. Can I answer two things? Let's go for it. All right. First off is I'm I'm a partner in one of the highest uh, uh, regarded craft beer bars in the world, uh, which is called the Beer Temple in Chicago, which is a, a side little fun thing that I do. Um, I shouldn't say side little fun thing. It's a big business, but it's I enjoy it. And number two, people that know me know this, but people that meet me don't. And there's a good, I'm very fortunate that they don't know this when they meet me is that I'm a stroke survivor. And, and from that standpoint, I am fully functional. I have no deficits. I am so fortunate from that, yeah. but it is a big part of who I am. Yeah. I think uh, I was reading your bio that you you do quite a bit with uh, fundraising and you know promotion of... Uh, of uh, stroke awareness and how to, yep. how to react if you're in that, that situation. Yep. Since we're talking about it, I think there's uh, are there four letters, uh, good four letters that go with a stroke uh, system. I, I yep. assume, you know, them. let's, let's look go through it. Yep. Fast. So the acronym fast and, and it, it stands for face. If someone's face, let's say one side is, is drooping. Uh, uh, that's a sign they're having a stroke arms. A is arms. If, if you have somebody hold up their arms and one arm will drop, that's a sign they're having a stroke. S is for speech. Someone having a hard time speaking, slurring or can't speak. Uh, that's another sign they're having a stroke. And T is for time, time to call 911. That's the biggest tool you have in your toolboxes. Get that person to the hospital. And that's what's that's what really helped me. I was the hospital fast. Let me add one thing to that. There's a new yeah. acronym out there that uh, that's added. They've added B to the beginning. B fast. B E. Yeah. And right. so now the B fast is balance. Someone's balance is off. That's a sign. And I E is for eyes. Their vision is is something's going on with the vision. That's another sign. So balance and eyes is a new one they've added to the acronym. Okay. Well, appreciate that because that was new new to me. So I knew fast, but uh, be fast is uh, even better. Yep. Excellent. Well, thanks for coming on, Randy. Thanks for sharing your your wisdom. Thank you, Jeremy. This was a lot of fun. I appreciate it. Yeah, you got it. And thank you for listening to the Retirement Reveal podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, you will feel better about your money and you will make better money decisions. This was another great episode of the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to automatically get our latest episodes. 
If you liked our show and want even more, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love to hear from you. Please go to retirement-revealed.com to learn more and send us your questions and feedback. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners, Thrivent, or its affiliates. The guests are not affiliated with or endorsed by Thrivent Advisor Network. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal accounting or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have with your investment planning. Advisory persons of Thriven provide advisory services under a doing business as name or may have their own legal business entities. However, advisory services are engaged exclusively through Thrivent Advisor Network LLC, a registered investment advisor. Kyle Financial Partners and Thrivent Advisor Network LLC are not affiliated companies. Information in this message is for the intended recipients only. Please visit our website, www.kylefp.com, for important disclosures.